Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in Pit Football podcast. I am one of your hosts, Doran Dickerson, alongside former All Big East quarterback Bill Stahl and Jerry DePaula of the Tribune Review. Guys, it, it's coming down to the wire. It's coming down to you know the second last game of the season. Pitt has the opportunity to win the Coastal Division this coming Saturday at 3.30 p.m. at Heinz Field against the Virginia Cavaliers. And, I mean, they set themselves up, up nicely going back to last game against uh, North Carolina uh, last Thursday. I mean, what a way to end the game in overtime. Um, it started pouring down raining, and then Kenny Pickett finds – Lucas Kroll for the go-ahead touchdown, and then they seal the deal on defense and stop North Carolina. So uh, Pitt has set themselves up nicely. They're eight and two, and now they're going to look to uh, you know finish it out. They have Virginia coming up this week, and then the, to end the season, they have Syracuse up at the Carrier Dome. So uh, Pitt really controls their own destiny, really like they have been all year. Uh, all year they've been controlling their own destiny. I know they had two losses. Uh, one bad loss against uh, Western Michigan and then another loss to Miami. But, you know, they're still right in the thick of things. Uh, things are starting to look uh, brighter for Pitt if they take care of business uh, this Saturday. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice time for Pitt. It's a good time for uh, the Pitt fans to finally get together and, and really have something to cheer for. And, uh, you know, Jerry, do you expect a nice crowd uh, this coming Saturday? I mean, it's senior day. And also, is Kenny Pickett the only – well, maybe Lucas Kroll. Is Kenny Pickett one of the only seniors ever to have two senior days? Didn't he have a senior day last year too? Uh, yeah, a lot of them did. I mean, there was a lot of seniors that were going to have two, two – I think Trey, Trey Tipp is going to have his third senior day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's been there seven years. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a different season. About 21 guys will be out there, I think. Uh, and some of them could come back next year. I mean, a lot of them, you know, since uh, that, that pre-COVID year, uh, they could still come back and play. Some of them could still come back and play, you know, next uh, 2022 season. Uh, but, you know, you made a good point uh, about how Pitt has an opportunity to clinch, clinch the championship th- this week. Uh, but you know what? It, it, could, it could fall away real quickly with a loss. Because if they lose, Virginia's only a game back. Virginia would, ha- would, ha- would have the tiebreaker over Pitt. And then Pitt would have to beat Syracuse while hoping Virginia loses to Virginia Tech, who just fired her coach the other day. So, you know, Pitt needs to win this game because they can't, they don't want to be put in a position of depending on somebody else to beat another team. They want to take care of business on their own, you know, knock them down, put their, their cleats on their throats and, and, and come away with a victory in the championship. Uh, this season is, you know, Kenny Pickett has played too well. The season has gone too well for, for Pitt to end up in second place in the ACC Coastal. You know, they're, they're probably the best team, you know, second best or the best team in the, in the entire ACC this year. They've already beaten Clemson. I think they're better than Wake Forest. I've seen them on, on TV a few times. So I, I believe it, it would be a real shame if they got things slip away on Saturday at Heinz Field. Uh, the biggest question here, guys, is is uh, Brandon Armstrong going to play? Uh, I'm not sure right now if he's going to play. He's He has the rib injury that he's dealing with. Bill, I mean, you know, dealing with injuries like that at the quarterback position, how tough is it to come back? And uh, I mean, I know there's a lot on the line. So if you what's your mindset, if you're Brennan Armstrong and you're feeling 50 50, you know, how hard is it to come back and, and to give your 100 percent or at least somewhat of 100 percent 
uh, in a game this coming Saturday due to his injury. Well, to, to speak specifically to a rib injury, because I've had bruised ribs and I have also had slightly quote unquote fractured, AKA broken ribs as well. So, and, and there is a huge, huge difference. And, and in my opinion, with him not playing at all with, you know, last week, not playing at all. And with them still literally being in contention of a coastal, you know, run, you know, literally, because if, the, if they do come out with a pit win and if they went out, they could, they could win the coastal. So they're, they're literally hoping that, that, you know, they went out, but so I'm trying to read between the lines here and, I think he might have broken ribs because I've played with bruised ribs. Doran, I guarantee you've played with bruised ribs before. Uh, I guarantee we we know a lot of people who have. I don't know very few people at the quarterback position with, I mean, having slightly bruised ribs, you can't sneeze. You can't laugh. You can't fart. You can't do anything without being in friggin' pain and let alone but there's ways around the, the bruised type of aspect. So my point is I'm reading between the lines. I'm seeing what's on the line for Virginia. I'm thinking Armstrong has broken ribs, and I don't know if, if we're going to be able to see him this week. And that's a literally would be the only chance, in my opinion, uh, that they would have a shooter's chance uh, against against Pitt because it would have to be a shootout uh, in, in that aspect, you know, for Virginia to win. And, and guys, the line is at 14 and a half right now, uh, Pitt favored uh, in this game. And, you know, it's it, it, it hasn't moved. I figured if they knew an inkling if Brennan Armstrong was going to play, the line would move down a little bit, but it's really stayed the same. And Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile web website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code promo code believe50 B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. And Jerry, I mean. Brennan Armstrong, 3,557 yards passing on the season, has 27 touchdowns, eight interceptions, uh, has had a very, very exceptional season this year. But we may see Jay Wolfolk, uh, the, the guy who played last week against um, Notre Dame. So if you're Pitt, are, you're definitely preparing for both guys, right? Or is it just preparing for one guy and playing within your defense? Well, I think the second thing you said, uh, Doran, I think Pat Narduzzi, you know, at his news conference on Monday made a very authoritative statement when he said that Brendan Armstrong is going to play. And I almost asked him, I almost put my hand up and says, are you sure about that? Do you have any inside information that he's going to play? Or are you just assuming he's going to play? He, he made the point, you know, Narduzzi did, that who cares about Notre Dame? He, they're saving Armstrong you know, for, for the ACC game with the with championship on the line. Uh, so, so I don't know if, if Narduzzi has any inside information or not. He probably doesn't. Uh, but if he couldn't play against Notre Dame a week later, uh, it's hard to believe he's going to play against Pitt because, you know, that Notre Dame game is big too. Um, and the Pitt is preparing for Armstrong. They made the point. He made the point. We're preparing for Armstrong. And if, if the freshman plays and Wolfork, okay, we'll be able to handle it. And they'll put a lot of pressure on him too. And Pitt's already knocked out a, a knocked a few quarterbacks out of, a, out of games this year. 
I think it might have been three or four of them so far. And uh, you know, one my big hit on those ribs is going to knock that kid out of the out of the game again. And and uh, I, I really can't see how whether or not whether Armstrong plays or not, how Pitt's going to lose this game. Bill, you want to elaborate off of that? Yeah, I'm I'm calling BS on this Narduzzi. Nobody's going to just say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to just you know lay back on this one and just say, hey, Notre Dame, throw my backup out there and just lay an egg. I mean, come on. It's freaking Notre Dame. You, you, he you said, wanna... who cares about Notre Dame? That was his quote. Who cares yeah, well, about Notre Dame? Virginia and their AD and their administration and everyone would have loved to have took a big old crap on Notre Dame. And if Armstrong would have been able to there, you know damn well he would have been the one to do it. So, I mean, I, I, Narduzzi's just saying whatever the hell he got to say. But, I'm, I mean, come on. It's Notre Dame. I, everybody circles that freaking game on on their on their schedule and makes damn sure. I mean, hell, I was one of them. I I, I had a concussion the week before a Notre Dame game, and I was extremely pissed off that I couldn't play, but I literally could not play. I, I think they're preparing for Armstrong, and if the other kid plays, they'll be able to adjust really easily because he's only. I agree. Freshman. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you you prepare for the worst, and then you and then you get you get the best in, you know, situation for you, and that's probably to get the freshman quarterback in there, and you end up beating them uh, thirty five to ten, maybe. Jerry, whenever you're at the games, I mean, I know obviously you pay attention intensively. Um, you probably mark down almost every play and follow every series. Uh, is there anything that stuck out to you that impressed you from Pitt against North Carolina? Um, you know, they obviously squeaked out the game. They got the win. The most important thing but is there anything on offense defense or special teams that impressed you to make you feel better about uh this coming saturday against virginia yeah a couple of things i i think you know one of the things that impressed me about special teams is jordan addison returning punts uh you know um, andre powell the special teams coach made a point this week by saying they averaged five yards per punt return before the duke game which was addison's first game as a punt returner addison's averaged 15 yards a return in his past two games. And plus he had two 22 and 25 yard returns to set up touchdowns against North Carolina. So that really stuck out to me, but you know, probably the biggest thing that stuck out was, was Pickett being able to gun that ball into Lucas Crow with the, with the rain falling down so hard in the, in the, in the overtime period. I mean, I, I could barely see in front of my face. The rain was coming down. It got so hard. How could those guys see down on the field and the Crow who's had some drops this year, corralled that ball and got to into the end zone for the touchdown. Uh, you know, that was a great play. It wasn't Pickett's best game. He threw an interception. He has four in a season now. Um, but he made the uh, throws when he had to. And, and he's doing it with a lot of without a lot of injured guys. I mean, J- Barden didn't play. Taser and Mack didn't play. Two good wide receivers. Two offensive linemen. Gabe Boyd didn't start. And Jake Cradle, the, the right guard, uh, got hurt uh, on the second snap. And he didn't play for the rest of the game. So they're out there with two backup offensive linemen. 40% of your offensive line, and they still were able to throw for over 400 yards, 300 and some yards. So, uh, you know, that, that impressed me a lot that uh, Pat Narduzzi has this program at a point now where there's enough depth that they can survive a, a couple injuries, which you probably couldn't have said that two or three or four years ago. Yeah, Jerry, I I, I am dead on with 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 what uh, with, with what you're saying as far as the depth is 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 obviously going to be the key. I mean, for reasons you you've already expressed. I mean, 
all the skill players that, that were out and then obviously the offensive line and they were still able to put up numbers and still be aggressive and still compete. Uh, but I, I have, I have the answer. I have the answer to why Kenny was able to still sling it the way he did in that friggin' monsoon and in, in, in overtime. I figured it out guys. I watched a, a, a little, little interview of, of Kenny and, and he, he spilled the beans. He has a, a different brand or different set of gloves with, with a uh, – I'm not sure if it's a different type of leather or what have you, but they're like, an, like a weather type of glove that gives him, you know, better grip during, during the, uh, you know, rain. And I want to know what those freaking gloves are because those things are going to be freaking sweet. And I guarantee somebody in the NFL was probably using them and – you know, he caught on, you know, years ago or, or what have you. But uh, literally, that's that's what he said. He switched out some gloves and he was like, hey, man, you know, they 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 were still able to work and they, they turned out great. I'm like, hell, yeah, they did. You slung it right in there to for freaking crawl for, you know, a dime in in in, in the, uh, you know, the three river monsoon that, that we had going on there there in the North Shore. Uh, so. Uh, those 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 pair of gloves are probably going to be extremely popular once they're uh, you know figured out the name and brand, and I'm sure he already has an nil deal pending right now. It would be the Heinz History Museum one day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'll, well, I I guarantee they're going to be worth some money for sure. We're going to head into the Paula's debriefs, and uh, Jerry, you're there at the uh, facility this past week, and you already said a, a quote from Narduzzi about Notre Dame and and Virginia. Um, and Notre or, and, and Narduzzi seemed uh, seemed pretty uh, upbeat from what I saw from the from the press conference and he, he said did. that there's less stress. He was he was Mr. Cool. Uh, you know, I, you, you know, we talked earlier in, in the show here about how tenuous the hold on first place is. They have to win this game. You know, if they don't win this game. They could very easily get shut out. So I asked Narduzzi, how are you holding up with all the pressure, all the stress? He out and I just laughed at the question. <laughs> he just laughed and said, Jerry, you're a beauty. He said, we're fine. I'm fine. You know, I have no problems. There's no pressure. We're out there playing a game we love and everything's going to be okay. You know, he has a lot of confidence, a lot of faith in his team and a lot of trust. And a lot of, of course, a lot of trust in his quarterback. And, and you know, I'm, I'm working on a story today uh, on, on Kenny Pickett. I interviewed his father this afternoon. And one of the points his father made to me was that, that Kenny really trusts Pat Narduzzi. Uh, there was other schools recruiting Kenny, North Carolina, Missouri, Boston College, Iowa, uh, but Narduzzi was the only head coach that actually came to the house. The only head coach that really kept in touch with, with Pickett through the whole process. And, you know, Pickett wasn't a, a highly recruited kid. Uh, there were some schools after him, obviously, but he had a growth spurt when he was about 16, his junior year. So he, he just got to slip through the cracks in some schools. Uh, North Carolina came after him really hard late, right up until signing day in, in uh, February. Um, but Narduzzi stayed on him. And, you know, one of the things Narduzzi told us uh, a couple weeks ago, we were asking him about the recruitment of, of Kenny Pickett. He said his, 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 his wife sealed the deal. Uh, Narduzzi and his wife were on, were on their way to a uh, National Football Foundation banquet in New York City when they were recruiting Kenny, and they stopped at his house in New Jersey to do the home visit. And uh, his wife came along and, you know, struck up a, a friendship and, and conversation and, and a relationship with the mother and the father. And, uh, and Narduzzi even said, of course, he was probably half kidding, but he even said, you know, my wife did a lot more to recruit Kenny Pickett than I did. Uh, so th there you go. I mean, uh, and I and I talked to his father tonight and uh, 
And he, he mentioned this, the close relationship he has, you know, with his coach. And that's very important, you know, when you get to games like this, when, when everything's on the line and there's a lot of prep, prep that goes on, you better be on the same page with your coach or you're in big trouble. And I, I think what's one of the things Kenny Pickett, Pat Narduzzi, and Mark Whipple, who, who by the way, is up for the Broyles Award, is one of the top is the top assistant coach in the, in the, in the nation. Uh, one of the things they have going is, is their close relationship with their star quarterback. You know, that is a great point, Jerry. Uh, you know, in order to be a good football team, obviously as a player, you have to trust your coaches and to put you in the right positions and you have to be on the same page as your individual coach or your coordinator. But, you know, going back to like my senior and Bill's senior year, our relationship was they treated us like young men. Like I would go, I would talk to Brian Angelica, my tight ends coach, uh, and, and go over certain plays with him and say what could work, what couldn't work. And then I would go into Frank Signetti's office and be like, he'd be like, well, do you like this play or do you not like this play? Should we run this against this, these, this defense or should we run this, uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe next week? Uh, they asked for our input a lot. And I think that that's why that we were that good is because the coaches had a lot of faith in us as seniors. I know Bill spent every single day with Frank Signetti, our offensive coordinator and our quarterback coach, but he would even pull in guys like myself, Nate Byam, Deion Lewis, you know, and ask us our opinion on what we should do uh, for that upcoming game and having that type of communication and not making it like adult and kid, um, I think is huge. You have to have that communication and that feel for, your, your player, because your player is going to be the one out there making the plays and, and, and controlling the team. I think that's a great point. And Bill, you can, you can, uh, you know, echo off of that. I mean, you being with Frank Signetti every day and knowing Kenny's with Mark Whipple every day and them going over certain scenarios and certain situations in games and what works and what doesn't work. I mean, having that type of, having that type of, um, you know, reciprocation and, and that type of relationship with your coach, I think just is huge at that level. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I truly believe in, in its simplest form. I think it's going to be the, uh, you know, a coach wants his player to be the extended version of him, himself on on the field. So it it's it, it's immensely you know in, important for an offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach to be that extended version or you know, have, have his quarterback be that extended version of himself on the field. Cause then now you guys are on the same page. You, you, you know, the game plan, like the back of your hand. I mean, Doran, Doran was, was in almost, well, Doran was in every single personnel grouping and we had custom personnel groups specifically for him. So I was there, there were times that I brought home a packet worth of specific custom plays that, that were out of, you know, a certain personnel grouping that was not in our normal, you know, genre of playbook. It was a customized thing for this week's game plan. And I would go over with Dorn. And if I thought or if Dorn flat out said, hey, I don't really like the feel of this, don't really like, you know, where we do this, then there's zero question. It's out. I put a big X through it and I say, Coach, Coach Sig, not not loving this. And it, it's gone. There, there's teams and players and coaches that, hey, you run what I call it and it is what it is. Go out and do do the best you can. Well, you're there's there's not there's not that in sync, you know, type of fluent, like, hey, I trust you, I got you, you know, because now now I got to think, is this, is this a good play? You know, d- did I rep this? 
did I, did I like the way this was in practice? Or uh, I know the game plan in and out just like my coach because I was right there next to him doing it, knowing what, what plays we love and, and what we like and what was true pit football during this time or during you know this, this yardage on the field. I already know what we're calling. It's just a matter of how we're doing it at, at that time because I guarantee Pitt's still running the same concepts, the same type of, you know, literally the same plays, but they're just finding different ways and different areas on the field to do the same thing. It's just so it obviously doesn't look the same or have the same appearance that they're running literally the exact same play. Uh, but I mean, you, you can't, you can't put the importance enough on the relationship that uh, Kenny has with number one is head coach. Cause that's ultimately who, you know, who speaks on the team's behalf on every single player's behalf and also who answers to everybody literally. Uh, and then also you put, you know, a quarterback at that caliber with the same coordinator who was at his caliber for three, three years. And, and plus, um, I mean, it's, you're, you're down to have some good things happen. And then, I mean, obviously the writing's on the wall right now. Yeah. I think that the relationship that, uh, uh, Pickett has with uh, Mark Whipple is important. You know, he runs over to the sideline almost every snap to get the call and he can almost read his lips. I mean, he knows what's on his mind so much. He can, he almost knows what play to call anyway. And, you know, Whipple will just give him a little tip or two, watch out for this, watch out for that. Uh, and that's something you don't see that. I think it's the well, only offensive coordinator in the country that, that does that. And it seemed to be working for Pitt this year. Well, think Dorn, uh, think of how long our, our play calls were. I mean, they, they weren't, you know, one sentence, meaning like five words or six words. So like we, we literally physically did not have the time to run to the sidelines and spit out, you know, one play that's 10 words. And then we have the ability to check it or kill it or flip it to another play and call out that exact play. You didn't, we didn't have time for that. So literally us knowing those types of plays, Kenny has to be on the same exact play because I guarantee he's not spitting out a full and entire play to Kenny. You know what I mean? Kenny's able to to call out the formation and protection real quick, like you know, easy. But I guarantee he's getting you know the the half end of of the play, maybe you know a rock concept or you know a few little tags, you know Y this or X that or you know H this, you know. Uh, but I guarantee. To your point, Jerry, you're 100% correct. I guarantee they're on such a, you know, in sync with with the uh, with the playbook that he just spits out a few words and Kenny's like, oh, yep, got it. Don't even finish the play. Got it. And he's already running back to the huddle. And we see that to your point, almost every every uh, every snap. Pickett comes back to the facility every Wednesday night, and you guys probably did the same thing after class or, or whatever. And they, they watch video together. You know, Whipple and and Grukas Kroll's in there, and and the running backs are in there. And they're watching watching video after the fact, after practice, after all the meetings are over. They they come back, and you know, every every school and every football team in the country does the same thing. It's not unique to Pitt, but that's the only way you can succeed. Sometimes these these schools, these teams are so equal that uh, you have to find an edge somehow, and uh, that's one of the edges that they're finding at Pitt so far this year. Well, the the edge has to come with, um, you know, Kenny Pickett and Lucas Kroll, just naming two guys of being fifth and sixth year seniors and being around football for so long. So you're able to run 
certain plays and you're able to extend plays uh, with, with, the, with the verbiage uh, and make those checks at the line and, and put the play in Kenny's hand. Like Bill said, I'm sure it's just like a quick play that Whipple gives to him on the sidelines when he runs back and forth. But then Kenny has the ability to go to the line and say, all right, well, I know that he gave me this play, but off of this play is this play. Uh, the, the difference between that and like what we did is Signetti would give Bill a whole entire play and probably another play. And we all would have to be on the same page of knowing like, all right, if we get this look, it's not going to be the first play. It's going to be the second play. And Bill's going to check out of it and remake and do this and do that. And then that means that, that I'm going to be open or Jonathan ball going to be open or, you know what, we have a certain shade when Dion's going to run the ball. So like in order to be on that level of thinking, and we're going to transition right into 40 and five with Bill Stahl, in the order to be on that level of thinking, you have to like be, you have to have that camaraderie as an offense specifically, you know, defense, you get your plays in and it's more reaction. Uh, it's more instincts. And, you know, on offense, you have to be on the same page with the protections. You have to be on the same page with the, the routes because, you know, sometimes Bill will call a route for me, but then if I got a certain coverage, the route would be a, a post and then I have to turn it into a corner or I turn it and just stop and turn around. And if I wasn't on the same page then that's an interception, and that's what people don't understand when they're watching football. They're always like, oh, well, the quarterback should have threw it this way or, the, or, 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 you know, this, this, and that. It's like, no, maybe the receiver or the, 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 the tight end didn't run the right route uh, that he's supposed to because the coverage shifted. Uh, and now with 45 with Bill Stahl, Bill, like how hard is that? You know, like say like you're Kenny and, and even yourself back in the day, like how hard is that remembering all that verbiage, but not also remembering the verbiage, getting into the huddle, saying it, and then knowing that there's a kill on that play and then saying the kill play, which is the opposite play, and then getting to the line and seeing a front and having to read everything and then make the, make the hike and make sure that it's the right play. That really and, sounds complicated. Right. And make sure, <laughs> ahead, you know, and, 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 I mean, Bill, Bill, right now. Bill you're, you're following me right now, but getting to the line and making, and making sure that you didn't kill it, maybe you're supposed to, but you're like, all right, well, I have this shade, I have this front, I'm not going to kill it. And then that turns into a successful play. Like people don't, people need to know that in depth uh, quarterback, cerebral, uh, you know, avenue and vision yeah. have like how hard is that to really decipher throughout what 30 seconds <laughs> so there's there's a such thing that a lot of athletes rely on and it's you know the the physical re repetition it's just it muscle memory kicks in type of thing there there's a there's literally a such thing in in football that that I've learned and I've I've learned some from some great offensive coordinators and some great players. I mean Tyler Palco himself, you know, I backed him up for a couple of years at, at Pitt and I learned literally how to game plan and how how to study film and just how to dissect a defense and just literally learning from him and then him learning from an NFL caliber coach and vice versa, you know, all this cool stuff. But there there's a such thing that a lot of younger guys get to do because they physically can't practice or don't play and coaches tell them, Hey, uh, make sure you're getting mental reps. And literally that's what I, I, I was able to flip the game in my mind going into my senior year. And I had a new coach and I, I was like, Hey, I have to buy all in like this. This is my last shot. Either you're going to bitch and complain. You got a new coach or you're going to rise to the opportunity and see what happens. And literally, the mental aspect I learned to 
treat that as a physical rep, but in the mental aspect of I've seen this, I know what I know what's coming because tendencies come from those things. And obviously just being older, I'm a little more mature. So I care about things a little more and I put more time into things. And we did exactly what Kenny's doing. Exactly what Kenny's doing. We we came up and we watched practice after uh, after practice. We would shower, grub. If we didn't have class, we'd come back up and watch practice. And it's just something to get mental reps when you when you see it and you're and you already know physically what to do. It's just seeing it and seeing it over and over and over and over again. Literally everything that Doran just said, it became muscle memory plus mental reps built in and literally mental memory from seeing it, watching the same clips from the same past four games that Virginia's played and being able to literally know exactly what happens because I've seen this spot on this film so many times. I know what happens on that play. I know it's an incompletion, but I know the fronts this and the protections that, and I know my vulnerability. And so when I go out to practice and I physically now see it, and I've already had the mental reps in meetings and watching film with my players, I know how to communicate it. I know how to articulate it. I literally know how to go up there and be the uh, instructor because there's going to be times in the game, hopefully it's a packed freaking house at Heinz Field, and Kenny has to use some, some hand signals because he can't. people can't hear. But you have to be an instructor out there. You have to literally be pointing and doing things because there's going to be times where people can't hear you. There's certain hit hand signals mean, hey, guys, do the second play that I said in the huddle because the first play is going to be screwed if we run it. And – you know, that's that that goes to just being in sync and coaches only get so much time with with, with the players, Jerry. It, it's on the veteran guys and, or just it could be a younger guy who just cares and, and wants to get more filming. So you didn't run to the sidelines to get the call from Signetti. How did you get the call? Oh, Jerry, you do you want you want your mind to spin right now? My goodness. We had a friggin number system, Jerry, that goes back from the 2002 uh, Ravens. Um, Super Bowl run when when they average like 12 points a game on offense. <laughs> but Ray Lewis, you know, and, and the defense averaged like 14 points a game. So, I mean, hey, they, they won the freaking Super Bowl. I can't say crap. But anyway, we had a whole number system, Jerry, that David Walker, love him to death, amazing coach, uh, would literally have to hand signal numbers one through – you know, I carried sometimes 200, maybe 300 plays on my wristbands, and he was able to. It. it so by I, I might have to. I might have to video this and, and put it online. So how to he literally, signaled, how he signals you knew that was play number 52 or whatever, right? He he would every single play was written up in right formation. So if we were on the right hash and it should be left formation, he would signal and he would do the flop. You know, like like you're flipping over a, a, a pancake type of thing. And that would mean flip, and then he would hit, give me the hand signal for 123. You had to have an amazing memory to remember all that stuff. Jerry, I stood in the mirror and literally went through the number system so many friggin' times as a freshman because we were wasting time. 
because I didn't remember shit. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, you know, it was a whole, like, it looked like a, a, a manager from a major league baseball team giving a signal to a third base coach and then him giving it to the first base coach to give to the runner at first. Like, it, it was ridiculous. Like, you can't just scream out, hey, flip number 122. All right, gotcha, coach. Like, well, you, know, you, know, next. you know what I mean? Like, we, we, we got we to gotta take five to ten seconds for me to fully comprehend, you know. And, and if I'm completely across the field, Jerry, I got to run to the other you know side just to see them. And God forbid I get the wind knocked out of me. And Jason Pinkston has to read the play, and he, he reads the wrong play. Oh, it, it, we could go so many different ways right now, Jerry. This is we all going to go. change. Whipple was advocated for this. He wants to get the microphones in the helmets. Let's go. The, like they do in the NFL. Let's go. Yeah, that they, I don't know why they don't do that. That would make it because so much now easier. he could be up in the booth. If he wanted he to, can, be, he yeah, could right? see everything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to, you know, I mean, be on likes, the field he likes to talk to pick when he Oh, totally. To the sideline. But, but you can do that over the phone. But if you, to, you yeah. but you know you you know exactly what I'm saying. A, a veteran quarterback like that. I mean, Frank Signetti was in the booth when I was a fifth year senior. Hmm. I mean, and you we came talked. To the and talked to him. When you yeah, it was great. Right. Whenever I didn't want to hear what he was saying. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, could, oh, yeah. Oh, I think I broke, right. I broke a couple phones. Love you, coach. Whenever uh, uh, Angelico <laughs> would yell at me over the phone. <laughs> so like so right now. So what I'm thinking right now, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. You're talking about mental reps. We're going through all these you know, scenarios as a quarterback and, you know, how it is to remember certain plays and um, really the mental reps part. Um, so in my mind, Davis Bevel and Nick Patty, they should play pretty well next year because one, they're getting a lot of mental reps and two, they're playing and sitting in the same room as a potential Heisman Trophy quarterback. So on paper and just thinking aloud right now, these two guys have every resource to be a good quarterback next year. Am I, am I not wrong? Am I wrong here? As long as they have the talent, you know, that's what we don't know. I mean, you, you don't know how they throw the ball because they haven't played that much. And uh, you don't know how they're going to react in the pressure situation because they haven't played that much. Uh, so you never know. I mean, I think Nick Patty has played a little bit, but not enough to really have any idea of how he, how he can play. Just like the Steelers don't know not too much, enough about Mason Rudolph. They play. This guy's got to play. And next year could be they could stay, make a huge step back uh, and maybe be better in 2023 uh, on, on offense anyway. Uh, you know, Addison will be back for another year, and it'll be his last year probably before he goes to the NFL. Uh, but you never know how, how, how these guys are going to react. They should do well if they've been paying attention to Whipple's meetings, paying attention to Pickett. But maybe they don't have enough talent. Who knows? Yeah, I'm, if speaking to the, to, to, the, to the point of the question, you know, the mental aspect, though, like – if I'm Nick Patty and I don't have 20 freaking notebooks filled, filled and literally voice memos on, on my eye, on my iPhone from just hearing Kenny and just how, how they communicate with, with, with coach whip and just literally the amount of film and data that has been accumulated from Kenny's career. You have, just like Doran said, you have all of the resources to get every single mental aspect of what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And just about, I'm, I'm sure Kenny has now in, in his career come about almost every situation a quarterback could, you know, could come up with. So 
he has so many think, teaching tools and, and opportunities to learn mentally. But uh, to your point, Jerry, the physical aspect is always going to be the deciding factor. Can you get it done? Can you make these throws consistently? Can you put us in the right situation to be successful? And can you can you flat out distribute the rock to to the playmakers? That's always obviously going to be the the deciding factor. But my goodness, I mean, he has the whole encyclopedia of uh, a Heisman hopeful, you know, first round type pick quarterback to uh, to get all the answers to, to all the questions. You should have a good leg up on having a decent season next year. So you never know. Subtitles, you got it right on the head, Jerry. You got it. Jerry, Jordan Addison, semifinalist of uh, the Bolitnikoff. And, you know, obviously Pitt has had their fair share of Bolitnikoff winners and, and guys that have played very, very uh, well at the wide receiver position in the past. I mean, Jordan Addison just putting together a just fantastic season. And like you said, he's going to be back next year. So, I mean, just – very impressive, and, um, you know, hopefully he does get that award, right? Well, I, I think he has a good shot. You know, Jahan Dotson's having a good year up at Penn State. That, that kid is very acrobatic, and there's a lot of good receivers are, around the nation. Uh, Jordan Addison is as good as any of them, uh, and, and he has such an even uh, temperament. He, he doesn't get too, too uh, upset over things. He, he was saying today that uh, he says, uh, I, all i got to do is make the plays I'm supposed to make, and then the plays I'm not supposed to make, I should make them too. Uh, so he, he has the right attitude and, and he's going to be a great pro. I believe he's not a real big kid, but, uh, he can really run and he has the moves. Uh, he has a good chance to win that, that award. Um, and, and the other thing that, uh, that offense is, is, is in sync. Now, uh, the running game is, is just a little bit off right now. And, and, and you know, I'm a little concerned about that. I mean, is he a band of Kanda? You know, it seems to get to an, one point. It doesn't seem to get over the hump. Vincent Davis had a touchdown the other night, but doesn't doesn't get over the hump. Ronnie Hammond's a freshman. Uh, you can't depend on a freshman in, you know, for 14 games a season. Uh, but but this team, uh, if they can get a running game going, they, they should blow, blow Virginia out. You know, defense should, should play well enough, especially if Armstrong doesn't play. Uh, and then after that, you know, the sky's the limit, and we'll, we'll see how far they can they can take this thing. Bill, one key to the game for Pitt to win uh, this coming Saturday. Um, early, aggressive, jump on them, pedal to the metal, uh, tempo from, from, I mean, obviously pending wherever they get the ball and the kick return, if they get the ball first or, you know, and all that stuff. But I'm looking, you know, to pick, come out with tempo, no huddle down the field early, often Kenny get the hell out of the game. Fourth quarter. I look, you know, second half to establish and literally work on the running game. Maybe maybe start implementing things. Hopefully they get up by three three touchdowns first first quarter. Um I mean Virginia's like 140 something defensively. They're av- they're giving up like 460 some points or 400 some points a game. Um and then you put on, you know, no Armstrong for for a quarterback as well if if he doesn't all of that is a recipe for a blowout for Pitt. but i love how jerry was saying the running game jerry to that point i think this is an amazing opportunity to work on that if we come out with being aggressive tempo and jump on him early uh i think that's going to give us even more of an opportunity to actually get some 
I'm talking 20, maybe 30 runs to actually, hey, are we going to be able to run the ball if we need to run the ball, you know, going into potentially an ACC championship game and a bowl game and, you know, all that good stuff. Jerry? I think the key, I, I agree with Bill, you know, jumping on Murray, the key is is the defense. The defense put the fear of God into that freshman quarterback if he plays. Uh, the, the, the key is to, uh, you know, take a couple hard hits, legal hits on Brandon Armstrong if he plays, you know, and get him out of the game, you know, get him a little bit uh, uh, nervous and squeamish back there. Uh, if Pitt, you know, guys like Habakkuk Baldonado and, and John Patrician and uh, Cam Bright putting a little pressure, you know, Kaiser Kansi coming up the middle putting a little pressure in that pocket will be the key to pit winning this game because they're going to score enough points. You know, I, I really believe even with Taser Mack out, they still have a great passing game. Uh, Rukas Crow is starting to play much better now. Uh, so they'll score enough points, but the thing is they got to be able to jump on the, on the, on the other side of the ball, you know, stop Brandon Armstrong, whoever, whoever's going to be at the quarterback and, and get, get a quick lead. And Hey, they, what do they got? Three points against Notre Dame, you know, now, Pitt's not going to hold them to three points. Not, their, their defense isn't as good as Notre Dame's, but they should at least hold them to 14 or 21, and which should be more than enough for Pitt to win the game. Yeah, I, I think that they just don't need to let the moment be too big for them. They know what the, is ahead of them. They know they have Syracuse to finish out the season. They know they can potentially win the Coastal. They know that they could potentially uh, play in the ACC championship and go to a nice bowl game and you know have just a really stellar season. Uh, in the record books and have a lot of guys winning a lot of awards. I mean, you just have to really not let this moment be too big for you. You have to take care of the details, take care of the little things. And I think you'll be sitting in a nice spot. So, uh, you know, play one game at a time. I know, you know, every coach says this, but one play at a time. It's very true. Uh, stay within yourself, play within yourself. And I think you'll, uh, you'll take care of business if you're Pitt. And for my score prediction, I like Pitt's 38 38- Virginia 21. Jerry? I was thinking, as you were saying that, I was thinking 35-21. You know, nice. We'll see, we'll see how that goes, but I'm, I'm glad we're on the same wavelength because you know your football, door. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Bill, what about you? Uh, if, if Armstrong doesn't play, I'm going 42-13 pit. Uh, if, if he does, um, they'll, they'll get another touchdown or two, but – you know, 42, you know, 24 type of thing. Yeah, that Virginia defense isn't very good. They should, they should be able to. Yeah, to, to I agree them. for sure. <clears throat> All right, that's it for us. Uh, Pitt takes on Virginia, senior day, 330, Heinz Field, with an opportunity to win the Coastal Division and head to the ACC Championship. For myself, Bill Stahl, Jerry DePaula, that's it for the Believe in Pitt Football podcast presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 